we've put so much life and love and family into this operation and um it really is like you know in your dreams you get to build your own life right and like that's really what we get to do and i'm i'm just excited for the future and to continue to expand the family and and see what's next barbecues our passion and that's just what you'll get where the can burns is a barbecue where tales from the pits Hey, Andrew, let's talk about our sponsor for this episode. Yes, really excited to bring on a new sponsor for this season, and that sponsor is none other than Zavala's Barbecue Distribution. And you know, uh, what uh, Joe Zavala and team have done is they went out and done something great for the barbecue community and great for the customers. They went out and collected sauces and rubs from all over, not just even Texas, but from all over, all of your favorite barbecue sauces and rubs available through Zavala's Barbecue Distribution. Yeah, it's really awesome. It's going to be a one-stop shop for any barbecue need you're going to have. And this is only going to grow from from where they've launched it. But just, just to name a few of where they've started at, you're talking about some of the best in Texas, top 50 joints that you're going to be able to get their rubs and sauces straight from Zavala's Barbecue Distribution. Truth Barbecue from Houston and Brenham. Pinkerton's, which is in Houston and San Antonio. Ooh, I wonder if he's going to have some of Pinkerton's award-winning competition rubs, too. That would be awesome. You know it. Snow's Barbecue, ever heard of them? Yeah, and you know, that's not easy to get, but you can. it's easy to get at Zavala's Barbecue Distribution. That's right. They're bringing it right to your backyard. Barbecue Distro's mission is to share the flavors of Texas barbecue, partnering with the finest rubs and sauces from the top joints across the state. These joints provide the best seasonings in the world and are often not sold in retail stores. And hey, how can you get it? You can go in person or you can also go online. Yes, you've got the Zavala's Barbecue Speakeasy, which is located behind Moss Coffee Co. in Grand Prairie, Texas, or barbecuedistro.com forward slash tales. Yeah, that's right. You'll you'll find the link in our show notes for this episode, but go to bbqdistro.com slash tales, and that's going to give you the exclusive selection for the Texas Monthly Top 50 Joints of Rubs and Sauces. They even have some pickled items on there, too. Again, these are going to be restocked as they go. These items are selling out, and they're replenishing them, um, but it's a really exciting opportunity for the backyard cook that can get some of the best barbecue sauces and rubs in the business. And, you know, we got, we got to visit the site the other day, um, the actual storefront. It was really cool. We kind of browsed through all of the, the sauces and rubs out there. Um, just a huge variety, and they're they're all there. And like Andrew said, they'll kind of rotate through them as well. So it's kind of fun to go and see what they've got new. Yeah. So again, guys, go to bbqdistro d i s t r o dot com slash tales bbqdistro dot com slash tales and follow Zavala's Barbecue Distribution on Instagram for all the latest updates on available products, tips and tricks. And they're gonna be, they're gonna have some really cool stuff that we can't talk about yet, but we'll talk about soon. Before we get into the exciting news from Lori and Lewis, there are a few people that wanted to say a few things about Evan and Sawyer, so take it away, guys. What's going on, everybody? This is Bradley Robinson from Chud's Barbecue, live at the Chud Shop with several employees from Leroy and Lewis, past, present, and future. And we thought we'd all share a few kind words of what it's like to work at Leroy and Lewis Barbecue Food Truck, working with Evan Leroy and Sawyer Lewis. And to kick things off, I just want to say that I was one of the first two employees on payroll at Leroy and Lewis back in 2017. It was me and Tom Spaulding. May he rest in peace. I wish he was here to say his two words. But starting at Leroy and Lewis, it was a journey, to say the least. It was a very 
rundown food truck in an empty lot. Cosmic was not built up yet, although we thought it was going to be. And the whole journey from zero to number five was incredible to say the least. It was a lot of hard times, a lot of fun times, a lot of tough times, but the spirit was always there. And that's the biggest part about working with Evan and Sawyer is no matter how hard times may be or how good they may be, we're always having fun. From my opinion in the barbecue world, I think with Rory and Lewis is necessary and inevitable. You know, taking that next step into the barbecue realm where it's less traditional and more experimental while still paying homage to the traditions and innovating and Evan and Sawyer do it very well. They're always pushing the envelope to make the best food possible and create the best crew possible. And that's what I love about everyone that's around me right now is I've made lifelong friendships from these talented people because we've all been in the trenches together and we've all shared all the accolades together. And the best part about all of this is unlike most barbecue joints, they are not holding back. They will cross train everyone to do every single job. They're not afraid to let people move forward in their own careers. And if I wasn't doing my own thing, I would gladly still be working there because I truly believe in their mission statement and what they're doing and how they go about doing it. So, Leroy and Lewis, good luck on the brick and mortar. I will be there every step of the way. Hi, this is Clayton. If Brad was one of the first two hires, I was one of the first five, something like that. I came on early. I was here since right before the first anniversary party. A lot of time in, in old blue, a lot of time in the old days. Very excited for the brick and mortar, proud of Evan and Sawyer and Nathan and Lindsay and everything that they've done and how long they've been working on this and working towards achieving their dreams. I really am appreciative of the opportunities they've given me along with so many other people and the culture they've built. It is a job where I feel like I can show up and be myself. I think it's where everyone can kind of show up and be their selves, themselves. They push us. They push us hard. They push us to be our best. They've always led by example. I think that they're some of the hardest working people I've ever worked for. And I am just, uh, I'm proud and honored to to be a part of this and be a part of the future. And I just love, uh, I love everything that I've been able to be a part of, all the opportunities I've had to get to travel, go different places, cook barbecue, meet different people people. It's uh, been an incredible journey and I'm excited for what's to come. Speaking on them, pushing people, pushing people to be their best, pushing them so much so that uh, I even made a joke once about a French fry food truck and now Mama Fried exists. And so, you know, where else in the world would you be able to get Leroy and Lewis barbacoa on some wonderful nacho fries, but South Austin, Texas. And it's because, uh, it's because they helped me see a, a dream come true. And because of that, you know, now there are times that Central Texas has footlong corn dog shortages. So that's something to hang your hat on. I've gone from this part-time employee to now, I don't call them my bosses, I call them my business partners. And it's, uh, it feels like I'm probably in my, I found my career. Hello everyone, I am Casey Durham. My time at Leroy and Lewis started as a joke over dinner with Sawyer, but the more I started to think about working at Leroy and Lewis, the more I was intrigued. I was at a point where I just moved to Austin. I was a student, I wasn't really happy at my job. I saw this community at Leroy and Lewis that was so unique. You know, it wasn't a joke for much longer after that. I started working for Sawyer and Evan. Something that Sawyer said recently that really resonated with me was that her favorite part of her job was she really likes getting people to where they want to be. And I think that's something that's so special about Sawyer and Evan is that they really want us to be our best selves. And it's not because it makes their lives easier, but it's because they really want us to exceed every expectation that we have for ourselves, every goal. Yeah, and they're like truly excited to watch us do it. And I think that's beautiful. Yeah, and I'm excited to do that with them and 
do it with this team of people that are my favorite people in the whole wide world. Hey, I'm Travis Ritzy. I have worked at Leroy and Lewis for a little over a year now. Uh, I was cooking in my backyard in Memphis when I saw Leroy and Lewis was hiring. Never worked in a restaurant before, any culinary background. Just sent Evan a message, shoot my shot. And uh, they took a chance on a guy that had no clue what he was doing. Forever grateful for that. That's the only reason I'm in Austin, to work for Leroy and Lewis. It's been a roller coaster of emotion. It's been amazing. Most fun job I've ever had. Some of the best friendships I've ever made. And I'm looking forward to the rest of my time working for Evan and Sawyer. Hey, y'all. My name is David Cabrera, and I worked for Leroy and Lewis. I started working there in October of 21. I was part of the initial barbecue university class uh, right before the pandemic came. I was just really a big fan of backyard cooking and that class allowed me to kind of see behind the scenes and it was really what helped me want to jump into that. Uh, it helped me move my journey across the country working other barbecue joints and coming back home and making it full circle back to Leroy and Lewis is really self-fulfilling. Sawyer and Evan were really welcoming in that. Um, my first day was Saturday, a week after the list dropped. Biggest lines they'd ever seen and all I got was a hug from both of them and just got right to work and it just felt, it was a great feeling just to kind of settle in and come back home. Um, so I'm super thankful for them and the opportunity they've given me and I'm super excited to see what the future holds. Hi, I'm Cole Parkman. I'm the assistant pitmaster at Leroy and Lewis. I work under Evan Leroy, and I work for Sawyer Lewis. Sawyer and Evan have cultivated a wonderful environment that I get to work in. Really and truly what Leroy and Lewis is, is it's a, it's not a stepping stone, but it's a wonderful place to start, and it's a wonderful place to learn everything you can under two wonderful people that will teach you everything that they can. Sawyer and Evan are two sides of a coin. Evan is everything you want to know and everything you can know with barbecue pits and cooking and learning the back side of a restaurant. Sawyer is the opposite side of that coin. She is everything in the front of the house. She is waiting tables. She's busing tables. She's every single thing from keeping the books. I get to see all of that. So many people have come through these doors, have come through the doors at Friedman's while Evan was there, have come through everywhere that Sawyer has worked. She has such an illustrious illustrious history of different restaurants she's got to work at. I just want to be one small part of that, and I'm glad that I have been able to be a part of that so far. So I'm excited to see where this journey continues to lead them. I love those guys, and just want to say thank you hey cool thanks for including me in this podcast so the question is what does Lauren lewis mean to me so i've always felt that being in the fmb industry is about bringing people together fellowshipping over a meal so having a great meal adds another layer of joy and happiness emotionally i've always been blessed to be able to work with people who love food and people that was a tagline for Smart Barbecue, my company. Lira and Lois felt like a family naturally to me because they are that. They do great food. They also care for their people. You can't do great food without first being a big foodie yourself. I'm always sharing having delicious food together with the Lira and Lois family. Evan, Tom, Brad, Matt, Phoebe back then has always been the food buddies. We'll discuss and share our cooking experiences and knowledge. We're always trying to improve ourselves and make the final product better. Sawyer, Clayton, Jess will always be the service hospitality part that takes care and look out for customers' needs and wants. I think F&B is never a solo business. We need a team to fight and win together. 
Leroy and Lewis is that team and that family you want to be fighting with. Yeah, that's uh, just some short thoughts on my side. Hello, I'm Jackson Labar. I started working for Lowe and Lewis in October last year. I enjoy working for Sora and Evan because I'm learning so much about the barbecue industry and how to make delicious meals. I absolutely enjoy preparing food at the commissary and working there. Each time you fire up the smoker, you feel like a sense of excitement and anticipation, knowing that you'd be creating something so special for yourself and the joy of bringing people together. I'm extremely appreciative to Evan and Sawyer for recognizing my passion for barbecue and providing me the opportunity to work for them since this job means so much to me. Thank you so much, Evan Sawyer. This has been a crazy six months, but I'm loving every second of it. Thank you so much. Howdy. Welcome to another episode of Tales from the Pits. This is Brian. And Andrew. And today we are here with... Sawyer, Lewis. Evan Leroy. And you guys are with, as if we don't know. Leroy and Lewis. Yeah. Leroy and Lewis Barbecue, a place we've been going for many, many years a uh, place that's been one of our favorites for a really long time, and uh, it's kind of a, a, a unique... We're kind of groupies of this yeah, place. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Hey, yeah. we love that. Yeah, yeah pe- people hate us for loving you. No. Uh, <laughs> hey, we're, I guess, uh, we're divisive like that. <laughs> no, it's a, it's been great to watch your business grow over all these years and watch the menu evolve, watch the people involved in the barbecue you know, come up and grow. And you guys have really fostered and cultivated a very different style of business than, than we typically see in barbecue. So we really wanted to kind of get into it. But we'll start at the beginning. Evan, we already know all about you. We've, <laughs> we've talked to you. Uh, but no, so we have not had you on yet. Yeah. So we, we would like to get like a little bit of your background in hospitality and, and yeah. your, any barbecue memories you have growing up and kind of how you got yeah. started in all this. Well, thanks so much for having me. I have... I'm- I feel very grateful that you are you invited me on because you know as you did say most people are obsessed with Evan and Brad and know all their story <laughs> no. but I'm uh, it's funny like back in the day they made a joke of like who's Batman and who's Robin and you know all these like who we are in the scheme of <laughs> these characters and uh, they Brad was like Sawyer's definitely Alfred right yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 so. Ideally, but see, you know. Alfred was a critical part. Oh, of yeah. That absolutely. Yeah. As well. yeah. yeah. And, and Brad was the Joker in this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. You guys nailed it. Some men just want to watch the world burn. <laughs> uh, no, he's the penguin. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but, you know, I love what I do and I'm really proud and um, happy to have such a wonderful team of people and have the opportunity to really go to work every day and and love it. So. I'm I'm very grateful for how far we've come and uh, where I started, I guess, uh, not too far down the road from you guys. Actually, I grew up in San Angelo, Texas, so very much in the middle of nowhere. Um, My dad was an avid uh, trophy hunter and an electrician, and um, we had a giant smoker in my backyard, and uh, we spent a lot of time cooking outside, and food was definitely a big part of our world. That being said, in San Angelo, there's not a whole lot to choose from. You know, it's very much like steaks and comfort food and Mexican food. But outside of that, not even a ton of barbecue. I mean, there's definitely some, like, old iconic spots that are kind of still doing the same thing. Um, But even then, besides what my dad and his friends would cook, 
you know, I wasn't around barbecue a ton. We would always like take the opportunity to eat at Cooper's or um, Lums or, you know, these spots when we would travel. Um, but yeah, I didn't really love barbecue growing up because it was very much not a... Didn't have know, the exposure to a lot of it. exposure yeah. or, or, you know, as a young girl, it was a lot of like meat and sauce and... I really love balance, so and you know we will get into that later. Mm-hmm. But um, I've really grown into it more, and and I've appreciated it more over the years. But I've always loved food, so um, worked in the service industries. I went to UT, uh, got to Austin as fast as I could in uh, the early two thousands, and the last good years of Austin. The last, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, it definitely is different. I mean, every I, every group that comes here, that's, that's, that's they're the they ones say. that ruined it. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. Well, I yeah. still love Austin, and it's very different than it was. But um, yeah, I still, well, you know, still love Austin for completely different reasons. But I uh, went to UT, met my husband Nathan at UT. We've been together for almost sixteen years. So uh, now you you can do the math when I went to school. <laughs> Um, but studied psychology and sociology and really just loved, always loved people, but really didn't know what I wanted to do. And I did some social work out like after college and always worked in the service industry to kind of supplement that very small social work income. Um, and really loved working with people and loved food and loved the industry. And I kind of loved the, um, unique hours of the industry and the fact that you were always working with interesting people from all walks of life, you know, and some people, the more and more I got into the industry and the more and more opportunity I got, um, the more I learned that there was a lot of opportunity within the industry to learn different aspects of the business, right? So, you know, you can get really into wine, you can get really into beer, you can get really into spirits and cocktails. Um, you can get really into certain aspects of uh, the culinary scene and um, different styles of cooking, or you can get really into management, and um, that's kind of the thing that no one really finds super sexy. Obviously, there are really key leaders within our industry that are, you know, really business savvy. Yet most people that are in the industry are not just business people. They have a reason that they're there, and that's usually not making money. Mm-hmm. It's doing what they love. So. It's a fun way. The business part has kind of come to, for me, you know, I got involved with this business because I love food and I love people. And the business side has gotten to me where I am today. And obviously is very important when running your own operation. But, you know, I wasn't a business major, but now I could probably teach a, at least a small business class, <laughs> so, which maybe we'll do someday. But Oh, and but I yeah. think that that's a common... No, I won't say fatal flaw that happens in restaurants is it's, it's hard to be both of those things. And, totally. a, and yeah. a lot of times I think people try to be both of those at once and inevitably it's usually the business side of things that fails more so than the food side. Yeah. You know, well, cause you got to love what you do. You know, I, I think a real key component to doing something that's really hard is really liking it and wanting and being invested in it. And I mean, that's obviously where I bring value to our partnership. Um, my husband is also very savvy and very, um, he, he's even more, I would say granular and kind of like, yeah. in some ways, meticulous um, than I am. So he even balance, we kind of balance each other out in our own way. But 
yeah, I mean, it is an interesting ride. So, but I, when I was saying that I started off not too far from you guys, I actually lived in Houston for, we moved to Houston for my, Nathan's job at that time. And he worked at Carbock. Um, and I worked at some key spots in Houston. And um, yeah, so Houston was a wonderful experience for me. And people in Houston love their restaurants and people in Houston <laughs> love to work. So uh, I worked my ass off in Houston for a few years and got some really go- good opportunity to learn a lot there um, before moving back to Austin and then eventually, you know, just starting up our thing. So, yeah. You know, the, the romanticism a bit of, of pitmasters in Texas and the history of those, a lot of the lineages, the, the business side wasn't part of it. Or for sure. they had... Some of them had family members that were, you know, accountants or whatnot to help them. But so many barbecue ventures that we've seen, you know, didn't have the right business sense behind it. Food was great. Sometimes the location was good. But behind the scenes, there were things that weren't clicking. And it yeah. wound up, like, failing the yeah, business. Yeah, well, even the basic yeah. things like food cost percentage. Like, I don't think yeah. a lot of the old school barbecue joints really operate on no. any of that. It was... Hey, I paid a dollar fifty per pound. I'll charge X per pound for it, and then I make a profit. And but those things, as we've learned over the the lifetime of the truck, go hand in hand. And that sometimes the most creative you can be is on a budget, and also you can't do the things you want to do without making the numbers work. Right. So they have to exist. They have to coexist. Yeah, and I mean the sellout model is great in some ways because you ideally don't have a whole lot of waste. So in traditional, like with traditional barbecue. Um, you know, you are ideally selling out and therefore you don't have a bunch of stuff. You don't have a bunch of loss, which is helpful. But at the same time with us, you know, we have an opportunity to be open throughout the day. So there's kind of a sweet spot of like having as much food to maximize the potential yet not too much food where we have any leftover. So it's like this strange, you know, it's like, it's perfect. It's a perfect, like toggling two different things right. to kind of nail it and sometimes we nail it and sometimes we don't <laughs> well, every every sellout but. leaves money on the table exactly and, yeah you know and the earlier you yeah. sell out the more money you're leaving on the table yeah you're paying for the business 24 hours a day you know and so especially kind of the nose to tail effort as well too understanding how to maximize the profit without just simply raising prices but expanding your menu or choosing and, and not choosing things to serve based on on the profit it's it's i mean it's the business of barbecue it seems yeah. seems logical but there's a lot to that which is why what's so great about having you know the the two of you together you've got both sides looking at the equation for sure and there's definitely some checks and balances that happen i mean i think especially in the beginning we've we've worked together now for a long time and so we even i think our dynamic has shifted you know in the beginning if we sold out early i know evan was like reluctant to answer the phone when I called because I was like, man, we got to have more food. Because I'm also very, I feel connected to the people at, at the same, in the same way. And I know when people are pissed when we walk, when they walk up and we don't have any food. Now, you know, if there's a three hour line and they're pissed that they didn't get food by the end of the line, I'm like, well, you yeah. should have come right The difference is <laughs> like, you know, upsetting three or four people versus now upsetting 30 or 40. Yeah. So, so we've come a long way. But it's all, a lot of that is um, through trial and error and just learning from our mistakes. So, but I did, I worked, the chef I worked for in 
Houston, I remember him just uh, me overhearing him when I was like thinking about doing this. Um, like I would never do barbecue. Like <laughs> it's so hard. Like why would you do something that you like kind of limit yourself at the end of the day? And the, there's a certain scope of limitation because you can only make so much, and like you can only just, if you sell out. You know, there's a missed opportunity at the end of the day. That being said, like a full like fast casual kind of um, a different prep schedule and like making pizzas to order or like pastas to order. That's a whole nother ball game. And that's also very challenging. Yeah. So I think there's a lot that goes into barbecue. That's really hard, but there's a lot of other business models and, and food that are also really challenging yeah. too. So, well with barbecue, it didn't, you know, especially with the meat markets that started this in Texas and central Texas, it wasn't built as a restaurant model. It yeah. was built as a way to minimize waste in a, in a market. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean, barbecue to this day is the only cuisine that has a post-weight cook price. Yeah. Everything, yeah. everything yeah. else is pre You know, mm -hmm. a half-pound burger is a half-pound burger before they put it on the grill. Yeah. yeah. You know, same thing with steak, same thing with anything else. I mean, there's, there's some unique challenges in barbecue that no other, you know, type, you know, than every, like you said, there's different challenges for Italian food or for anything else. But, but barbecue has always been unique in that aspect of, okay, the customer's not going to understand yields. This customer's not going to understand, you know, trim and all the other things. So how do you find ways to not be throwing that in the trash and, you know, and adding value to your menu and adding profitable items? Evan, you've always kind of had a unique mindset with that. Um, so tell us a little bit about how the menu started to develop as you started launching the truck and, and seeing, you know, how you could start putting more profitable items on the menu while still, you know, staying true to what you wanted Leroy and Lewis to be. Yeah, we started doing, I mean, we wanted to do different stuff every day, kind of until we found a groove um, that proved to be not a great idea because people want consistency <laughs> and people want... Um, well, there's a little bit of predictability that has to... Well, we were using, in the beginning, we were using Instagram a lot to yeah. showcase the menu and showcase what you were doing. Yeah. So we would post something that you, like some amazing dish that you did that would be sold out by the end of the day, that day. And right. then people would show up the next day and the next day. <laughs> yeah. So even at Mama Fried now, we're learning once again, like if you post a special, you have to have the special for yeah, a couple of weeks. for a couple days. <laughs> yeah, because they come looking for it later on that week. Yeah, that happened I don't know. With Reveille, they, they, they kind of went viral on TikTok with a, with a, a beef rib. And they say, you know, it's only Saturday and Sunday. And they said that in the video and everything. And Monday and then Thursday when they reopened, people were, where's yeah, we the have, beef rib? Where's yeah, the beef rib? I mean, yeah. we do that too. But That we, happens all the time. It happens every that. day. I've said that we've gotten really good at disappointing people. <laughs> because we don't have anything that anybody wants anytime they come up. <laughs> or at least that's what they think. That's what they think. We don't have a quail. We, know, we, we don't have we a brisket bait and cookie. We switch, right? Like we foot in the door technique. <laughs> as far as building the menu, building the menu out... There came a realization where everything had to be cyclical. Everything had to have a second use. We were just we refused to throw anything away. We can't we can't throw anything away. So we had to find places for all these things. And at the same time that the beef cheeks became super popular, uh, if you've seen any of our videos or talked about beef cheeks or trimmed a beef cheek yourself, you know that you have like two times the trim waste as you do like the actual muscles so imagine like how much waste you get out of 
12 pound briskets, maybe three pounds of meat. Well, if that's a beef cheek, it's going to be like five pounds of brisket and six pounds of <laughs> trim or waste. So that is what, that's the problem we've had to deal with this whole time. And it just becomes looking for places to stick barbacoa or places to ways to like grind it up and do different stuff with it. And the same thing with the hog, right? If we want to do a pulled whole hog, guess what? The yield on that is not very good. So we're actually going to take off the entire back leg and use that for sausage. We're going to try to maximize the profit of the cuts in the middle. I mean, that's basic like butchery merchandising type of stuff. And all of the waste, all of the waste stuff like has to like all that stuff has flavor. But but see, it's only basic in your mind. You know how many people do not think of things like this? Yeah, but it took a while. Yeah, I mean, when a lot of once again, a lot of this happened because our meats are so expensive. Yeah, you know, we are sourcing everything from Texas. Also, we are really lucky that we're getting the highest quality animal, and we want to respect the fact that someone put a lot of time, money, and love into raising this animal, and the animal tastes very good, yeah. so let's utilize all of it. Every piece. And it's expensive. We can't, we won't stay in business. And not just that, it's all the vegetables and stuff, too. Like, there was a realization where we could just use all the, like, the outer leaves of the cabbage, like, the really rough kind of stuff. We'll just wash them off and braise them down and take extra pieces of sausage that we didn't sell and mix in some beer and mustard. And that's one of our most popular dishes. It's a German-based, like, uh, braised greens dish, which fits within, like, barbecue. It checks that box, braised green. German heritage for Texas barbecue, it ticks that box. It uses a bunch of waste product, and it's delicious. It, like it's And it's also varied on the menu. So... Once it can kind of like check all those different boxes of like it's relevant to the menu, it uses waste product, um, it's profitable for us, and it just tastes damn good, then that's a no-brainer. I mean, that, that focus and knowledge, I mean, it, it allows you to actually create and serve that product. Like beef cheek, again, you can't just serve beef cheek if you throw all of that trim away. Right. There's, yeah. there's no way around it. Um, and like you mentioned on the whole hog, I mean, that's, that's what's great about having somebody that's focused on this and that understands as well, you know, the, 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 the respect for the animal, yeah. all of that as well. What is, what is an item that you kind of feuded over and decided wouldn't work because of that? I mean, or were you we able don't to really feud over out? that, mm-hmm. to be honest. We... I want to hear about a fight. So. Oh <laughs> man, we've had a couple. I didn't want to put a dessert on the menu for a while. Oh yeah. That is like one of the things that I. we ended up putting the I... cheesecake on. Oh yeah, that's the, funny. We that had like the t- town hall, like the barbecue town hall meeting, and Daniel gave this presentation of just like how to diversify your menu and how to stand out and stuff. And we were like, okay, we're doing that, we're doing that, we're doing that, we're doing that, we're doing that. And then he got to dessert, sort of just like looked over it, man. I was like, all right, okay, <laughs> well, all right, we'll do a dessert. We'll put one on. Well, because we started off doing the a throwback to Friedman's, which was the um, brisket chocolate chip cookie. Yeah. And people just kept coming looking for that. And we weren't really doing enough. We weren't serving enough briskets. And we certainly didn't have at that time have a lot of like waste brisket. Yeah. So not just like over time where you were like, I'm done with this. I'm not doing that yeah. anymore. People just wanted to. Br- yeah. Like, it sounds so stupid. <laughs> 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 people like people really want it. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah. So eventually, I was like, I know you don't want to do this cookie, but we really should do something because that's how you make money. Is we, you know, 
people definitely make money making bread and people make money selling desserts and pastries and and beer and wine and water and we don't sell any of those yeah. things out of our truck stuff yeah yeah so um we really and then at one point we started off also selling meats by the pound and then selling sides at the bottom yeah and people would just show up and order pounds and pounds of meat and they still do that sometimes but we no were sides. struggling to sell sides and that's also yeah. that's literally the only thing that we make money on yeah. is sides at our truck so it was really important to create like a structure of a menu where we were like sides were kind of built in. Um, so that's where the plate situation came from where now we sell a one meat plate and a two meat plate. And it's just yeah. basically like I've said it a lot before, but just by menu design, we changed the way that people order at our truck. We changed how much of what they order so we took off the prices of the meats so it's not a visual choice for people to say oh half pound of this quarter pound of this at the top of the menu it's just two meat plate two sides these are your choices so you're automatically like okay i'm getting a two meat plate of course people who are used to ordering barbecue they'll come up they'll ask about prices by the pound that also lets us fluctuate them a little bit based on market a little faster a little easier and we sell them we sell a lot of meat by the pound but we sell even more plates. plates? And then yeah. everybody is limited on the amount of meat that they get if they just order a plate, which lets us serve more people. And then they're also, they have to add on either a, you know, some rice or cabbage in some form or fashion, or like Fritos and chili, or just like, you know, another kind of like side that's gonna be, that's going to increase the margin of the plate, essentially. Well, not only that, I think it helps like highlight what we do and what we yeah. do well. You know, you don't come, P.S., do not come to Leroy and Lewis and just order chopped beef. Like, there's other places. You, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's good, but you can go other places and get, like, equally good chopped beef or similar chopped beef. Like, that is not what we do. We want you to come and have the Leroy and Lewis experience. Mm-hmm. And that is usually picking maybe one thing that you feel comfortable with and something that you haven't had before and then two sides that are weird and fun and that helps us to be able to make the meats that you feel comfortable with and um you know it and highlights really what we do Mm -hmm. like i love the experience of someone walking away with kimchi and that they've never tried before or our kale Caesar slaw when they say that they they don't like kale. You know, it's delicious. We mm-hmm. put a bunch of cheese on it. You know, that's yeah. beautiful. Also, there's a lot of texture, a lot of color on our plates. We make our own pickles and jalapenos. We make all our own sauces. And it's really a well-rounded experience that we kind of curate for you in the window. And that's really unique to barbecue. It also has kind of a foot in the, like, foodie kind of, not, I wouldn't say fine dining, but, you know, more of like a curated plating experience. Um, so it's, yeah, I love when people walk away with a beautiful plate. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's really interesting because Austin has been such a meat market by the pound centric menu focus for a long time. And, and us coming from Houston, that structure doesn't work in Houston because a lot of the Houstonians didn't grow up going to Lockhart and going to mm-hmm. Luling. And so we've seen so many places in Houston struggle with the by the pound and, our drug kicking and screaming into putting meat plates on their menu. Um, we won't mention names, but he knows who he is. Um, but yeah, the, it was, 
it was such a struggle for a lot of places in Houston to do that. And, and you guys are the exact reverse of that. And, and again, going to your, you don't want to throw anything away. You'd also like to not see your customers throw anything away. And when you order by the for pound, sure. people tend to over order. Yeah. Know, yeah. You know, meat plates are a, a much well portioned meal for the average person. I yeah. think I was going to say, I mean, what, as a consumer, we love the meat plate because it, we eat those sides. And if we ordered a whole a side order of each, plus the weight of the meat, mm-hmm. it's more expensive than ordering the plate. Yeah, yeah let you try more of the menu. You know, yeah. get, exactly. Uh, They're yeah. also going to take that expensive piece of like brisket or beef cheek or God forbid a bacon rib, eat some of it, and then like microwave it the next yeah. day. <laughs> They're just, the experience yeah. goes down very quickly. Well, we we yeah. were eating cold brisket out of the fridge <laughs> yeah. at 11 o'clock last night from burnt beans, so I can't. I guess we can't say yeah. much, but... No, you're, you're 100% right. And I, I do think that that's, it's a great way for people to, if you've never been to Leroy and Lewis, first and foremost, what the hell are you waiting for? But if you've never been, that's a great introduction to the menu, especially if you come with two or three yeah. people, get two or three different two meat plates. You can basically try the whole menu that way. Yeah. You, know, you can get every sort of meat, every different side. And then, of course, then we start getting into burgers and all the other things right. that you guys are doing. Yeah, that's mm. also the burger. Burger's good. Things. Yeah, it's, um, I had a burger... I didn't have a burger for like nine months, right? Because I was pregnant and our burger is like slightly, it's pretty much like a medium and sometimes a medium rare. Mm-hmm. Um, I like it medium rare. And man, I was just like, I follow the rules. So I had one recently and like I had it right off the pit, like, you know, right off the cast yeah. iron and holy shit, it was a good <laughs> reminder how good it <laughs> so is, good. you know, it was good. And again, you guys kind of were were in the very forefront. Everybody in barbecue just about is doing a burger now. Yeah. And and that came from ensuring that you're using the the product that you have. Yeah. Yeah. We see them a lot. Yeah. Well, I mean, and and that's, I think that we get kind of bogged down in life and like these exercises of talking about ourselves or talking about what we do (laughs) remind me how proud I am of this part of the business, like Mm -hmm. in this part of. Like, I feel very, it's a very special thing to be proud of your food. And I'm very proud of the fact that, that we are, like, pretty much zero waste. And how cool is that? Like, yeah. I just, I feel like from it's, a business it's really hard to do. But also and, an environmental and, yeah. and a respective animal. And yeah. all, all of those things together, um, yeah. which, which is what makes it great. And, well, and, like, and I know there's a lot of people, especially, you know, some people in barbecue that are like, oh, Roy and Lewis is so crunchy and so Austin and so kind of like hippy dippy. And, and like, we're not, we're not really trying to do that. We're just trying to really create a sustainable business model. And the fact that it all kind of seamlessly happens without even really having to talk about it now is something that, that I think gets lost, but it's something that if you really do care about the story, that's like such a powerful message, right? Like, mm-hmm. man, yeah. this is it all, literally everything on a tray makes sense, you know? So Everything has a purpose. Everything has a purpose. And, and it, goes, it goes directly back to that original barbecue and, and when they were butchering an entire cow at the meat market, yeah. they, they had to consume the entire cow. So yeah. really, it's old school. It is. It is. Yeah. Old school, new old school. Old school barbecue. <laughs> That's yeah. I mean everything everything that old is <laughs> that's old is new everything that's new is old even though you know the seemingly oldest thing and most traditional temple thing like brisket on the menu hasn't always been there so yep. it doesn't always need to be there Yeah I mean box beef I mean everyone says brisket is king but you know talk to your grandparents that grew up in Texas 
Brisket might not have been king until about the late 50s, early 60s, and when that really started to become a thing. Um, but I want, one of the things that we really wanted to get into, and because it kind of goes back to if you're going to have this business model, if you're going to have, you know, every, everyone has to be pulling their weight and doing the same, yeah, and committed to it. Mm-hmm. And you guys have really cultivated an amazing team over the years, you know, some that are still here, some that have moved on. But tell us a little bit about how you how you invest in your people, how you've grown this this whole you know, team of people that does all this. Cause it's not obviously just Evan and Sawyer. It's yeah. not just Nathan and Lindsay. It's, you know, yeah. it's a whole group that's come together that, that keeps pulling, you know, in the same direction to, to get this zero waste menu, to get this, you know, quality and sustainability and this mantra that you guys have been, you know, preaching from day one. So how, how does that happen? And it, it starts obviously at the top of the two of you. Starts with the, both of us having been in the restaurant industry for a long time mm-hmm. and probably having been in situations that were not good and not positive yeah. where we did not feel empowered or where there was room for growth or like we really had a purpose to get up in the morning and do our job and then trying to take all those things that we didn't experience and really trying to in- provide that for people. We know we are a food truck and have never been able to pay people as much but what we can do is provide them an experience to grow to learn to be part of a community i know it's not like people look down on restaurants when they say oh we're like a family because they see it as a way to manipulate people but we really are very very close Mm -hmm. um you know and and we are because we have each other's backs really and that's something that we try to try to say in our meetings all the time is like we're a very small team. We are a team. I always say barbecue is a team sport. You need to be able to have each other's backs all the time. That's how you're going to be the best employee. That's how people are going to notice you're doing really well if you go anywhere else after this. And that's a skill you can take with you is just being able to back somebody up, set somebody up so they know that you are a member of their team. And, and that yeah. follows even kind of beyond the, the direct business as as Bradley kind of went on his own we Mm -hmm. saw how much support you had for him as well which is great to see because sometimes restaurants try to cut the person off or say they weren't important but but you guys support that which was great to see as a well specifically with Bradley it was time for him to go and do his own thing like at the end of the day it's right you're right like we are a family and we love Brad he's a part of our family he's one of our best friends and I think we're good people and we, it was time for him to go and grow. You know, there's, there comes a time where, you know, Brad worked for us for a really long time. And when I say really long time, like he worked 14 hours a day. So, you know, Mm -hmm. he might, it might not have been five years, but it sure certainly felt like it at times. And especially when we, like, it was a very unique time in our business when we were really busy and we were growing really rapidly and there was a lot of work to do and we were still a pretty small team. Now we're getting bigger and there's a lot more work to do and there's a lot of opportunity. Um, but we have been, I don't, I honestly, every single day, especially recently, I'm so grateful for the amazing like efforts from our team and like we have such amazing personalities that work for us that really love what they do and are super passionate about barbecue and super passionate about people and about the food. And we have, what I love about our team is we have kind of all different 
like backgrounds and all different kind of levels of interest um, some interest that's like across the board we have some very experienced people we have some people that moved here to learn we've most all, most lot of, of our, our team, team moved here that's something that's worth noting so is that cool people we haven't most of the time when we just try to hire people like we put out an ad we hire somebody we bring somebody on they're not really into it they don't like well, really we're not necessarily looking for people that want just a job yeah we're looking for people that Some want t- to change people, their entire life people like seek us. us out send us messages and they're like okay what do i do if i want to come work with you and i live here i'm like well uh okay first of all that's a good sign that you <laughs> right are so into what we're doing that yeah. you are interested in moving here so come down work with us for a little bit look for a place to live and see if we mesh and then yeah come on down so now we have cole cole david David, travis travis jackson kevin kevin i mean and then our entire our entire cook staff yeah pat pat i mean pat oh my god how could we overlook pat uh he was the best and then you know we all of our front of the house kind of like Mm. more hospitality oriented team are all people that are way overqualified for their jobs and they all have a lot of experience and are all incredible mm-hmm. like wonderful people and so we have a team of all-stars mm-hmm. and we have a couple newbies that are coming in and yeah but they are learning from these all-stars my who dad. are pushing their at like pushing <laughs> them to he like, shout out working. to gary yeah yeah my, gary, yeah, my yeah. dad is on staff now wow. he's in the truck yeah, right on now the payroll yeah <laughs> Yeah, it's great. Everybody loves working with him. We're going there after this. I can't yeah, wait. Yeah, <laughs> he's so fun. Uh, yeah, Gary's always been a member of the family, but now he's like actually on the team. Yeah. So, and he, I think, puts a smile on everyone's face. So he was working the line all day yesterday. Oh man, that's got to be. He was I talking to so fun. He was jawing it up. I bet. <laughs> I bet he. That's was. something that we have to do now. We never had to do before because we never had that long of a line. But somebody feed Phil premiered the same to the list came out last year october 18th somebody feed phil premiered this year on october 18th yeah so it was but since that came out uh yeah the line's been crazy that stretches all the way to cosmic specifically it's like Saturday three hours Sunday. wow yeah, yeah. so pro tip if you're coming to eat at Leroy and lewis get there early. Come, yeah you gotta come, come yeah, between 10, 10, 10 and 10 and 15 on yeah. a weekend or come wednesday thursday even Friday and come yeah. early and get a burger and get brisket on Saturday and yeah. Sunday, bacon ribs on Saturday. Saturday. But you know, like, and the brisket and bacon ribs are great, but man, come and have a beef cheeks and a burger on a Wednesday, Thursday. And mm-hmm. not, you really don't have to wait very long at all. Yeah. So that's when people are like, I could never come here. I'm like, yeah, you can. You just have to <laughs> come on a different day. Yeah. Call in sick. Yeah. Or, it's okay. Just wait for a break. It's a yeah. mental health day. Wait for bad weather. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Come at 3.30 on, like, July 15th. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Isn't that, like, exactly. heat week, though? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Heat week is always the last week. Oh, it's the last week of July, okay. Yeah. yeah. But we've also done fun stuff, like, heat week is a great example of things that we've done to be creative. You know, we have our normal menu, but we like to feature our amazing staff. Yeah. And at this point... And potentially kill your customers. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. No, we make them sign a waiver, so... Um, but yeah, we get to feature, feature our team doing fun things like heat week this year. We actually like allowed 
like hopefully encouraged each of them to do something for mm-hmm. Heat Week, and um, that was super fun to see what they came up with. We do pop-up events. You know, now we're so busy all the time that it's harder, and it's getting harder and harder to do, like, fun one-offs. But, you know, we did... Cole and Clayton did their um, old-school pop-up, which was we really so cool. We were so bummed we missed that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. he'll do that it again. Cole's, yeah. Cole's, yeah, we're thinking about taking it to a couple C-rings. festivals this year. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so super fun. Um, but we have the best team in the world, and I'm, I'm just always enamored with them. Mm-hmm. And especially, I mean, I recently had a baby, and I'm... Like, so I'm not, I haven't been there as much, which kind of breaks my heart. You know, I'm in like that mom zone where I feel like I'm like either letting down my child or letting down my family at work, you know? So it's been interesting, but I think they've all done really an excellent job of, of holding it down while I've been away. Yeah. So, yeah. And that's, that leads us right into the next topic that we wanted to touch on is, you know, you got your family at work and you've got your family at home. And the restaurant world, the food truck world, whatever you want to call it, hospitality industry, your hours are abnormal compared to mm-hmm. you know your normal nine to five people. How is it raising families? And Evan, I know you've you've got a is she five now? Four year old. Four year old now. Yeah. Okay, she's four. Sawyer, your baby is how, five months. Five old. months. Mm-hmm. And so you're in kind of different parenting parts of your yeah. life, but but how has that been an added dynamic in your personal lives, trying to raise a family and start a family while also having this whole other operation that you're doing? Yeah. It's difficult. Luckily, <laughs> my wife is an absolute pro and the best mom in the world. She's a really and good mom. Luckily, my parents live really close and they help out a lot too. My dad just retired. That's why he started working with us. So he's been able to spend some time uh, hanging out with Frankie. Yeah, I mean, that's always a compromise, but that goes back to what we were just talking about with having a really good team. I couldn't be there to be a dad if we didn't have the right people installed to get the work done here that we trusted. Yeah. I mean, it's been a huge dynamic shift in my life. Like, I knew it was going to be, and this is why I was one of the reasons I really made a decision to wait because I really love my job and I love working and I am now even more, I can, I guess I not being able to have the time to be on my phone all the time answering emails and like not have like, you know, obviously when I'm with the baby is a, he's a complete commitment, which is what I want to, I want to be a good mom. I don't want to just like get through it. I want to be good at it. Um, I, it's apparent to me how much I did work, how much I was working. Is I was even if I wasn't there, I was like on my phone all the time, responding to emails or Instagram messages or posting, or I was kind of doing auxiliary work, either like doing networking or spending time with yeah. our team. You yeah. know, so now that I have to really be home by seven o'clock to put my baby to sleep every night, mm-hmm. it's been a huge life shift for me. I'm really lucky also that my husband is also a full-time Leroy and Lewis employee and therefore we can kind of take turns. Like he still works late nights a lot um, at Mama Fried. And so I'll like work during the day while he stays with the baby and then he'll go to work late um, or we'll bring him with us to all of our business meetings Mm -hmm. and stuff, which (laughs) this week I'm like, grandma has to come because the last two meetings he like flipped out so our, our poor team is like man 
let's just get through an hour without the baby freaking out because <laughs> I leave the meeting. Um, but it's been it's been wonderful, and it, you know the reason I decided, you know, when initially we were discussing opening a business, the reason I wanted to open a business was so eventually we could have a family because while it's hard for us to do this, it's much easy, much easier to do this and it be your business than be managing someone else's restaurant and to have kids. Like I can't imagine anyone, like, I don't know how people do that. Yeah. You know, like if, he doesn't feel good. I can rush home. You know, I have the flexibility. I do the schedule, you know? So while there's a lot of limitations, there's a lot of flexibility that's just built in to our jobs because we have the ability to make those changes. Um, but man, I'm just, it's really wonderful, obviously. And it's been really fun to watch Frankie grow up and she's very much a part of the barbecue family. And, yeah. It's just, we're super <laughs> she, lucky. There's like, what's, what's Frankie's favorite thing on the menu? The pork. Pulled pork's her favorite. <laughs> she likes pulled pork. Her and Lindsay, they're the same. They like pulled pork. I also like the pulled pork. I'll it's build my favorite her, thing on the menu too. I'll build her a little plate with like pulled pork and some, or some whole hogs, some avocado slices, some bread, a little bit of beans. Yeah. Honestly, a lot of our food's too spicy for her. <laughs> but that's the, just like how I cook. Are good too for kids. Yeah. Yeah, they're really good. Man. Cheesecake. She calls it the good pork, right? She's yeah. Like, I want that other pork. I want the good pork. Yeah, yeah. she knows that Dad's pork is the best. She's starting to understand that Dad is like a much better cook than that's Mama <laughs> or her other friends' parents. She's like starting to get it. I that's think. cool. Wow, she's gonna. She's like, know. Daddy, you're a chef. You can cook anything, right? <laughs> you're like, yeah. It's gonna be time much. to start teaching her soon. Yeah. yeah. So we did. A l- yeah, we do a little bit of that stuff, but it's still, you know, we've still like hot and stuff. Right. I don't, don't want right. to put a knife in her hands quite yet. <laughs> We're getting there. We're getting there. So as both of you are raising your children and growing your children, you're trying to grow the business as well. We'll talk about Mama Fried in just a moment. Um, one of the things, trying to do everything out of a truck impossible especially as complex as your menu is you also have a commissary where you prep part of that talk a little bit about kind of how that came to be and how that helps out oh man well we got to a point where you know a lot of you're supposed to and i know that every different city and different like county is different but in austin specifically you're supposed to have a commissary kitchen that you operate your food truck from notably you're supposed to be able to dump your gray water there you're supposed to store, I mean, it's really a, obviously a, important to have enough cold storage where you're storing your food properly. Um, there's a lot of limitations about like where you can and cannot prep on like the smoker and the truck. Yeah. Um, so we moved into a commissary that we shared with another food truck group in 2018, I believe. Um, and that was a huge move for us. They built this out. It was new at that time. Um, But it was really a huge bonus for us. You know, we needed a lot of space because we are doing all of our own. I mean, a lot of our own butchery. Sausage making, sides from scratch. It's barbecue. It takes up a lot of space. Yeah. We have, I mean, we're, we're selling a lot of food. Yeah. So we cannot store all of the cold food on the truck, certainly. And then throughout the week as we prep things, we don't have enough space to, you know, even hold all the hot food. So we do a lot of back and forth, which I think is 
maybe the most challenging part of our business. Yeah. So everybody in the, you guys have done pop-ups before, you know what it's like to cook all the food somewhere, wrap it for travel, put it in the car, drive Spill there. The beans on the way. Oh yeah. Oh, More yeah, than once. The, yeah, we pay we for a deep clean of, uh, our, uh, staff's cars every year. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, everybody's got beef fat in their car. Oh, um, we also do refried beans. Yeah, beans, we don't do regular beans. Yeah, but wrap it for travel. Put it in the car. Drive there carefully. Who knows if the what the weather's going to be like? Take it all out. Unload it. Have set up for service. Make sure it's hot. Oh, we forgot something. Like that, that happens. Never happens. Ever, that happens Ever. every day. <laughs> so every day is like a catering thing. You know, like we wouldn't have to. We wouldn't have to get there here so early. Like, if we were just taking stuff from the walk-in or from the refrigerator and putting it on the line, like if it was that easy, if we didn't have to transport it, we would take like two to three hours off of our, our payroll every day. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's it's kind of crazy, and it's like carrying all the stuff, like all the weight of food. It's just a lot. Yeah, and the, I mean, the organization and the systems that we've had to put in place in order to make sure all that food gets to the truck, um, the people that, like in the, that communicate with the next shift about what they need. I mean, it's a whole, like, big operation that we have cultivated. And, like, we also have a group me because we're never in the same place. You know, there's people at the commissary. There's people at the truck. We're usually running around doing other things. Now there's people at Mama Fred. I mean... We are all over the place and we're all holding each other accountable and also, you know, asking a lot from each other. So there's a lot of communication that goes on. That's super important. Yeah. So we've come a long way. Yeah. The Roy yeah. Lewis walkie talkie channel must be interesting. Oh, it's so <laughs> funny. Actually, our group means like also yeah. pretty funny sometimes. So, so we, we've we've touched on it throughout the episode, but the Mama Fried, the the, the next yeah. concept of, of mm-hmm. Lauren, you know, from the Lauren Lewis group, how did that come to be? How's that going? What's what's <laughs> going on in the world of Mama Fried these days? Um, so Clayton had a he told me now he tells me it's a joke. He was making a joke. He's <laughs> like, you know, sorry, this was a joke. And I'm like, well, you should have told me that it was a joke, because um, I thought it was serious. No, we. Clayton had the good, Clayton's an idea guy, right? Clayton Cook. Uh, he's also, I think, been with us the longest out of everyone, mm-hmm. besides Brad, who's still on the payroll, but yeah. he's not around all the time. Um, Clayton was like, we should do, he, his like concept at that time was like fryarchy, which was, you know, a battle of the fries and like what fry, what, what fry and what combination do people like the most, right? So, we opened uh, in 2020 a French fry, loaded French fry food truck at the Armadillo Den. And the reason we opened at the Armadillo Den is we went there when they first opened, and it's this massive space. And there was probably 2,500 people there. This was like post pandemic. Mm-hmm. And there was. We some, opened in 21. Oh, 2021. Sorry. Yeah. Um, beginning of 2021. And man, I was like, this is a crowd that needs to be served. Like, yeah. let's open something here. And, um, and barbecue wasn't, I mean. Well, after years of like not, busting yeah. our butts to cook like really interesting food 
and not making much money off of it, we were like, okay, well, we need to diversify what we're doing. Well, and also yeah. know your crowd. I mean, yeah. different crowds yeah, want different types different of crowds. food. Some yeah. of the things that we talk to people where, you know, their location may have a better nightlife and, and totally. snack food, bar yes. food versus traditional barbecue. At the, they don't exactly. catch that. At the yes. same time, we still, uh, we are still need to get rid of all that barbacoa. We've started making chili now with it. So we need to get rid of all that barbacoa and chili. And that's the place for a lot of that stuff to go is barbacoa, yeah. nacho fries, chili cheese fries. So definitely a symbiotic relationship between the trucks. Um, it was an opportunity to kind of uh, give Clayton more responsibility and give him his own concept. Uh, we did we did argue about the corn dogs. Yeah, we did. <laughs> Evan was a, said no to the corn dogs, and yeah. I really was an advocate for the corn dog. And you know what? The corn dog is crushing it. <laughs> she, was right. she was absolutely right. So no. why no corn dog then? Because there was like some sort of expectation, false expectation in my mind that we would have to make them ourselves. But you know what? It's it, if a product comes out of the freezer and you just cook it correctly, it's gonna taste good. And guess what? People, they're the same corn dogs everybody else is buying. They're the same corn dogs everybody else is frying. We are just doing them fresh and not really and cooking them a little bit longer so they're crunchy and not holding them under a heat lamp so they get soggy. That's the that's the difference. You just cook it right. Yeah, and people, I mean, that's the thing. I think there are a lot of concepts that go in, well, and that's the key to any success is no matter what you're doing, you have to learn your your demographic is. So, like, you might have all sorts of expectations about what you're opening and who you're going to sell to. But you have to adapt to who's actually there, or it's not going to work. Yeah. So, uh, it was very clear that the Armadillo Den had a lot of drunk, young, fun people and older people, kind of all walks of life, that come there, and you drink and eat till late every single night. So, um, we put a trailer there. It has an old hickory on the back of it, right? Mm-hmm. Which we do our now we do these badass fried and smoked chicken wings yeah they're really good uh so we get to do the wings on the old hickory which is fun um and we're now doing sandwich. a shitload of wings we're selling a shitload did y'all do the wings there. back at friedman's we did every now and then uh we didn't really do them that all we did chicken there we did like half birds that had like this somebody was reminding me about that the other day that had like a really good mop sauce with like beer and cumin and lemon in it but Brad's a big, big advocate for chicken wings, so um, and he's like, you know, chicken wing guy. So um, it's great yeah. bar food. Yeah, yeah it's exactly. great. Yeah. Um, so we smoke them and then fry them, and they're so good. And we have you know a bunch of different rubs and seasonings and sauces and stuff. So the chicken wings are crushing it. Yeah. Um, and then uh, we're also doing like I think Mama Fried, while it is great at Armadilladen, Armadilladen is like such a big space that. When it fills up, you know, there's like 2,000 people there. Like, we're getting prepared for Super Bowl this weekend, and we're cooking more wings than we've ever cooked. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, we're still really... Still going to run out. And we're still going to run out. It's crazy. Um, and then when it's slower, it's a little slower. So, like, the inconsistency is a little challenging to overcome there because it's just such a big space that when it's full, it's full. And when it's slow, it's it feels... It's still busy, yeah. but it feels much slower. Um and then we, you know, we're, but it's, it's a profitable business and mm-hmm. it keeps growing and, you know, we're evolving it. And I think one of the most exciting things about Mama Fried, it's, it's a wonderful festival brand, right? It's perfect to take to ACL. So we did ACL this year with Mama Fried yeah. and crushed it. 
I mean, we crushed it. It was fun. Yeah, Clayton did so well. Uh, so now he and really honestly, proved himself well, and has to do it every year. Seeing, <laughs> seeing other people do it, like we went and talked to Tom Micklewaite, and he has both of the booths set up, and he's he's cooking some stuff there, some stuff like way ahead of time. <laughs> and we did a little interview with him for Patreon, and I was like, dude, I can't even wrap my mind around this stuff. Cooking barbecue, you're cooking mac and cheese out here. Yeah, and that, Tom acts like, oh, yeah, yeah, and then I, I just did that, I and you're like, yeah. that's insane. I, I know, dude, I would never do that stuff. <laughs> yeah, but it's a wonderful way for us to, because Leroy and Lewis cannot do ACL. Like, I'm yeah. sorry, I don't think no, Leroy and Lewis doesn't do ever need no. to do anything like ACL. But having Mama Fried be able to do big, fun things like that, and like, you know, ideally we'll be at luck for a couple of days this year. We'll do ACL again. And then doing some more of these festivals um, is really fun. And it's a way that um, we can kind of bring our spirit and our love for food and a large amount of barbacoa and chili to these events. Yeah. It's a different <laughs> kind of create. It's a different kind of creative outlet. Yeah. Yeah. It's silly and fun. And yeah. that's what it's supposed to be. Yeah. You know, it's not supposed to be. Well, like you don't little, at yeah. these types of events, again, as great as the bacon rib is or the brisket or the beef cheek, you don't want that heavy fatty food in the, in the middle of an event like that. Well, right. we want, want the people fun. that eat at right. something Lewis. light, like chili yeah. cheese yeah. fries. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, and that's the thing, like Leroy and Lewis at the end of the day is still, you know, while we're very lucky that we are doing very well and we do have a really wonderful team that supports almost 20 employees. This is our passion project. Mm -hmm. You know, we're still not getting rich ever, no matter what happens with Leroy and Lewis, just because, you know, it costs a lot of money to do what we do. But Mama Fried ideally is a way for us to, you know, create, once again, extend that menu so we can sell more beef cheeks and some other items. And also, you know, ideally someday make a little bit of money. Starting from the, the, the smoky Denmark truck. Yeah. You yeah. Know, you've, you've been working with this truck. You've had to add the commissary. You've added Mama Fried, but you're still in this little truck on, on Pickle Road. Yeah. Pickle Road with a rock climbing gym that takes up all the parking spaces. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but but there's there's some exciting news in the Laura and Lewis world. And uh, tell us a little bit about what's coming down the pipe. Well, we finally, I think, found our home for the brick and mortar. We have been down the road with probably seven or eight different Locations, spaces yeah. at this point. We almost signed a lease uh, right before COVID. After that, technically, we did sign the lease. After that, <laughs> we yeah. were looking uh, in Kyle, and that was the focus for a while, but that just kind of has stalled. And we yeah. were looking for a new commissary space, and the landlord here had a brand new build for a restaurant right in the heart of South Austin, where we've always wanted to be, and it's going to be awesome. We'll hopefully open toward the end of this year. Yeah. Off of Stastny. Yeah, in Emerald Forest. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh, I used to live on Emerald Forest. Really? Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right there. Yeah. Wow. Oh Lord, now we're going to have to hear more Brian. No, stuff. no. Every no time more. we drive through South Austin. I skinned my knee on it. Yes, yes. Over yeah. here, over in my bike. The wheel of my bicycle fell off right in front of the Schwinn stop on, on on Barton Springs Road. Yeah, I got, survived. Got to live in a nostalgic guy. You know? <laughs> so, it, so brick and mortar. Yeah. What what are you, what else are you going to do in addition to what's being done at the trailer? 
Just a brick and mortar. So yeah, because we want you to work harder. Physically, <laughs> the space is gonna have PDR private dining room. It's gonna have a retail space where we can sell some packaged chopped barbecue, sausages, merchandise, maybe a stack of chud chimneys. Uh, we'll have yeah. so that'll be a space where we can also hold more of our classes, which we have coming up. Maybe by the time this series is already over, yeah, uh, the summer classes might be going on. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, also the menu is going to be completely different. Just completely different. We're not going to cook more beef cheeks. That's not going to be the goal. We're not going to cook <laughs> more brisket. I mean, we'll cook more, but it'll be actually kind of less so the idea is to make it rely on whole chopped like whole animal chopped barbecue chopped beef pulled lamb pulled hog a lineup of sausages and half chickens and that's what we plan to have all the time constantly not running out and every day we'll have different sliced specials some beef and pork so everything from tongue picanha brisket, ribeye, beef cheeks, all this kind of stuff. We'll be making bread. We'll be doing burgers, multiple types of burgers, not just the LNL burger, but probably a couple different like smash burger type things to have on the bar menu. Yeah, I'm very we'll excited to, to um, add onion rings to the menu. We're gonna have a fryer, guys. We're gonna have a fryer. <laughs> yeah, at Leroy Lewis. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So I mean, I think it'll be a wonderful opportunity to have a kitchen connected to our service line. Yeah. I'm like wow, that'll no be, more car detailing. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. That'll be crazy, and um, we'll be able to set the thermostat inside, control the <laughs> yeah, and control. We'll be able to control our own music. I we'll mean, be able to sell. You know, yeah. lemonade, yeah. And iced tea. Well, I was gonna say, yeah. you know, that you, you know, obviously, Cosmic Coffee. You can't, you can't sell the drinks. Yeah. You mentioned bars, so you'll have, you'll have both. Yeah, um, we're gonna have a, adult a and full yeah. bar. I mean, we are. Beer I think we're gonna do beer and wine um, because of the dynamic of the space, but we'll do some other fun cocktails. Um, we'll also do. Um, some large format stuff that you can kind of grab and go. We'll be able to like cocktail service. We'll, we'll offer, you know, wine service so you can have beers and um, some I just spend the whole day there. And wine. I can see that. Yeah. There's yeah. going to be a place where you can pick up big orders. Yeah, that'll be a huge. That's one of the limitations that right now we certainly have with the truck is we don't have enough storage or really the service space to be able to accommodate a lot of larger to go orders which is really something that I think we kind of lose. It's a lost opportunity and also something that really pisses everyone else in line that's <laughs> waiting for their two meat plate off is when someone walks up and gets a big order, which is just the way that we have to do right now because that's just the dynamic of the first come first serve service experience. Um, but to be able to accommodate like a separate area, like people in a separate area will be really cool. I and mean, part like, of this whole package is a new trailer. Yeah. Oh, so you're going to keep the Weird. you're going to yeah. keep that location, but yes. uh, upgrade it the is pretty well. close. But I think Cosmic will just always have people there. Hopefully, we'll peel off most of like the long waiting and line to be at the brick and mortar, and then with this new trailer, with this new menu, stuff over there is going to change too, and it'll much be more like sandwiches, burgers, sausages. Uh, still, you know. We'll st you'll still be able to order barbecue by the pound and get a platter over there if you want, but 
hopefully we'll lean more toward the kind of like sandwich and a side type of thing. But again, gives you another outlet to zero waste, you know, yeah. exactly. Yeah. making sure you're utilizing product between mama fry between the trailer and then now the brick and mortar, of course. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, and, and I think like we said, like these are all our ideas, right? When we have plenty more where this came from, um, but we'll really, we're going to build out this beautiful kitchen and the space and then, um, we're going to see who shows up and what they want. And then mm-hmm. we're going to figure it out like we always do. And, and definitely everybody follow along with Leroy and Lewis on their journey. Support oh, yeah. them now um, as they build this out because things take time. Yeah. <laughs> so from yeah. announcement to final date, you know what you know what did Joe Zavala said? Oh, double yeah. double yeah. everything. Anything you think is going to take yeah. the time, yeah. double, double it. Yeah. Yeah. Double, double the time, yeah. double the money. Yeah. 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 But, um, but exciting news all around on even, even upgrading the trailer. You know, let's talk a little bit about all of the other ancillary things that you guys are doing. So you mentioned the Patreon. Um, you have the YouTube channel now yep. that's kind of come up, and, and you're doing the classes. So let's just talk about some of the other ways people can support Leroy and Lewis in the meantime as well. Yeah, we found that education has been a, uh, a useful in more ways than one and profitable part of our business it's useful because it grows our community like it creates these like super fans who anytime we will put out a rubber a sauce or a shirt or anything they'll be like first on it these people are traveling to austin just to come to our food truck just to visit the little four wheels that we have at cosmic um we also reach out to those people through patreon through youtube the youtube channel is growing just these brisket videos that we released last two weeks have like grown the channel huge, dropped at a really important time too. And there's been some talk and controversy about the foil boat. Well, I was so going to say to put a period on that. Yeah, I mean it, it. It's so it's so interesting because like it, it hasn't been a secret, but you know you yeah. you've really pioneered the foil boat method. Mm-hmm. And after the videos have started coming out and other people have started putting out videos, I mean it, it's amazing to see the foil boat all across the u.s and yeah, probably yeah. the world and, yeah. and people are coming around to that so it was it was great to see that video come out as well yeah thank you I, I, we actually i taught a class in australia in 2015 and i started to see a lot of people out there use it first and then as soon as brad started to put it on his channel like it took off and people talking about the chud boat um and then they daniel did an article about it um and I mean, we've always used it. It's like the proof is in the pudding. It's just so good. Yeah. Well, heck, Country I remember bar. in the I remember in the Freedman's parking lot, yeah. watching you doing yeah. the foil boats like all those years ago, and it's just like yeah, it's it's amazing to see the popularity it's grown now. And yeah, you know, we we watch it. Like I said, we we've eaten Leroy and Lewis style barbecue in other states now. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's it's pretty amazing to see you know the the innovation that that you guys have done, both from a business model, from a cooking standpoint, and and kind of how it's it's really put a put a stamp on a different i won't say it's a different style of barbecue it's still yeah. rooted in texas but but it's just you know it when you see it sort of thing when we're okay being a different style it of is a little yeah. yeah i mean it is a different style that's kind yeah. of the point well, we everything that we do is to be different like it's being better being good and being better than whoever else you think is a benefit of being different we just want to do stuff that's different that tastes different that is good in a different way yeah well, and then the animals themselves are really good to begin yeah. with, you know. So highlighting those things is just great. 
Yeah, we want to be different. <laughs> yeah, the Patreon, the YouTube, go subscribe to those. Uh, yeah, you can order. It's just all just like uh, for people that are that are listening that haven't gone out there. It's Leroy and Lewis Barbecue YouTube channel. Yeah, right. The Patreon is Leroy and Lewis Barbecue. Yeah, that's, that's kind of the the place Instagram, to Instagram at Leroy and Lewis. Yeah, you can go to Leroy and Lewis dot com. Yeah, and you can go to our online store and buy. Um, our Dalmatian rub and beet barbecue sauce. Um, we put up some other fun stuff occasionally. There's a decent amount of merch on there right now. Actually, I'm leaving to go home so Nathan can pack a package of barbecue sauce and yeah. packages because that's a whole part of our business that eventually will grow when we have more space too. Is just right now we do direct to consumer um, some merchandise and products and stuff, but we don't have a ton of storage. So having that outlet to be able to sell a bunch of stuff will be great in the future so it's, it's been great to watch all of this grow over the years and, and see you know you guys go from from working for other people working for yourselves building this team and now you know the, the future of Leroy and Lewis it's yeah. you know it's it's where I know you guys have wanted it from day one yeah you know and it's and our our selfish asses have been wanting it from day one too because <laughs> <laughs> bigger like, bigger place shorter line yeah. out of the weather um all of those boxes are going to be checked yeah, soon exactly so yeah. it's going to be great yeah well, and once again, I like just want to make a big shout out to our team, you yeah. know, Cole, Cole and Pat and Matthew Bromley Matthew. and David and Travis and, you know, uh, Kevin and your dad and your new guy, Jackson. You know, we have a yeah. new like 21 year old that moved Jackson here. From, yeah, moved from <laughs> California and Allison and Jose and Mason. You know, we're just so lucky. So, yeah, we, and the food has been consistent. And so that's one of the, that's always one of the most important things is, is as you grow, every business has to do this. They have to take this step when Mm -hmm. they grow to be able to kind of lighten up the reins a little bit and let the staff take on. That's, that's one of the things we've, we've always enjoyed about Leroy and Lewis. It's always been consistent. We haven't seen any change in that. So that's, yeah, I mean, it's amazing. And we have like these young leaders that are crushing it. I almost forgot Casey and Casey's my little baby girl. 21 year old leader she's like such a hard worker you know we're just and she deals so, with coal so. and she does deals yeah. with coal which is her biggest job <laughs> you know biggest i mean just huge huge assets to our team so i want to make sure that they all get a lot of credit because Leroy and lewis is not just the, two, the of two of us or the four of us it very much is all of them so it looks like 2023 and especially going into 2024 are going to be the, the Leroy and Lewis years. So. Oh, we oh, yeah. hope Congratulations. so. Congratulations. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess we... It's fun because, you know, we've put so much life and love and family into this operation. And um, it really is like, you know, in your dreams, you get to build your own life, right? And, like, that's really what we get to do. And I'm, I'm just excited for the future and to continue to expand the family and... And see what's next. Well, thank you so much for taking the time. You know, thank you for pushing barbecue forward as much as you guys have. You know, from a from a business standpoint, from a food standpoint, from a you know responsibility and sustainability standpoint. And you know, we're looking forward to see what comes in the next few years. Yeah. Thank you guys. Can't yeah. wait. Yeah. Thank you. Just be patient with that bill, but we can't wait for when it's open. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> thank you.